Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Third and Short Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Will. Unfortunately, again, without Cade, I was unable to make it work. But we'll go ahead and jump into things. I'm going to start off in the SEC as we recap Week 10 as we have the Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama Crimson Tide clinch their uh, divisions, both with emphatic wins. We'll start off with Georgia. Uh, 34-17 win over number 9, Kentucky. Uh, this was a game, I think, probably the first one all year that most resembled the effort that we saw, the efforts that we saw last year that kind of built us into a team that went to the national championship. Did a very good job of stopping the run uh, and did a very good job of running the ball ourselves. Uh, offensively, we had two fumbles that were self-inflicted and had absolutely nothing to do with the defense. Um, but other than that, and a little bit of struggle some in, in short yardage situations, we won the point of attack. Uh, really ran the football well. Fromm did not have to do a whole lot, but he was good again on third down when we needed him to be, including the first touchdown of the day, which was a little five-yard, I believe it was a five-yard touchdown to Nada, uh, real early in the game. The, the story of this of this outing for the offense was definitely Swift and Holyfield, both with career highs and rushing yards. DeAndre Swift, 156 yards and two touchdowns, including an 83-yarder and Elijah Holyfield, a buck 15 and one. Touchdown himself. Uh, Swiss first touchdown was actually probably the run of the season so far. Shook a couple of defenders, uh, like a 22-yard touchdown. Uh, Holyfield has done such a great job this year at winning the extra yards after contact. And Swift is finally healthy. They're both kind of fitting into their Holyfield being the more physical runner, Swift being the slasher, uh, bit of a faster running back. Both have really kind of grown into their roles now the last, the last couple of weeks. And uh, the offense is looking good. We're getting a little bit healthier on the offensive line in spots, but then you had Mays go down this game, Gallier went down this game. So we, we continue to be banged up there, that, that, but we're, we're still working on improving that, uh, hoping to have Cleveland back this week, uh, fully healthy, full go. But uh, lots of good signs from the offense. Defensively, we did a nice job up front uh, for the – Really, throughout the game, we really shut down Benny Snell, who's been a thorn on our side even when we've had, quote-unquote, better run defenses. Uh, big game for Monty Rice. Led the team with tackles for second straight week. I think he's pretty much taken over one of them middle linebacker spots. Ledbetter had a very good game up front. Had a sack and two tackles for loss along with that. The count did a good job you know, getting up in the box when needed him to. Juwan Taylor had a good game. DeAndre Walker got a little banged up in this game, so we got to see a couple of young guys and Brenton Cox and Chan Tindall both get sacks. Uh, Tindall's being his first in Athens. Five tackles for loss as a team, four sacks. Consistently won the line of scrimmage on defense. Tackled well when we needed to. Uh, you know, Wilson did throw the ball some on us. Uh, I, didn't, I certainly didn't think it was a bad game for him. This is a game that we've really dominated throughout. Uh, the score, to me, is not quite the indication of what the score actually was and how the game actually felt. It was never in much doubt. You know, we, we were up 14-3 uh, at halftime, scoring our first two second-half drives, and the game was over. We were up 28-3. Game is, game is done for all intents and purposes. Uh, they did score a couple of times late in the third, early in the fourth. Uh, we ended up getting a couple of field goals, 34-17. What's your final score? Very dominant effort. I think would be one that Smart was certainly pleased with, with, with how we've rebounded 
at shutting down the run for the first time all year. We outgained them in that aspect, 331 to 84. Fromm didn't have to do much. It was one of the low-key, low-passing yards efficient game. We kind of got used to him throughout stretches of last year. Uh, continue to see the growth from Holloman outside. Uh, but for the most part, it, it was it was a dominant effort. This, this was a big win, big way to uh, clinch the East, for sure. Uh, and, of course, you had Alabama, who has looked like an inhuman team. Uh, they've looked unbeatable in stretches, and that continued. This week, as they went on the road to LSU, which is a place where Georgia lost by 20 points earlier in the year, uh, Alabama came out with a 29 to nothing win. Um, Two attack by Loa actually had to play some in the fourth quarter. He actually looked human for stretches of this game, uh, including my, my hot take of the week was that he would throw his first interception. He did do that in the first half. Uh, but he still had 295 yards, two touchdowns in the air, and had a 44-yard touchdown score. This is a game where Alabama was able to get back to run the football with Damian Harris, who looked good. Um, I don't think there's like an Amari Cooper level wide receiver at Alabama right now. Uh, I don't even know that there's a Mark Ingram level running back there. But they have the deepest skill position group that they've had since Saban's been there. Uh, they have wide receivers. Uh, you know, they have freshmen that make great sideline catches, keep their feet in bounds. They're fast. Uh, they run excellent routes. They beat their man. Tua finds them. They score. They move the ball with consistency. It's with an offensive line with a guy like Jonah Hill at, at left tackle. It is a group that is quickly rounding in. At, well, it's, it's rounding into one of the best in the country this year, not the best overall offensive unit in the country. This is definitely Saban's best group. I, I think this game pretty much solidified that. Defensively, it was another kind of game that we've seen with them against LSU. LSU has scored, I think, one touchdown against them their last three home games against Alabama. So three times, you know, the, the three. Home games they've had the last six years or whatever. They, they scored one touchdown. Burrow was harassed. Uh, Quinny Williams was already having a phenomenal season. And then as an interior lineman to have ten total tackles, two and a half sacks, three and a half for loss, absolutely could not block him up the middle. You know, you had Mac Wilson made a couple of plays. Uh, early in the game looked good. Christian Miller with a sack and a half himself. And Fernie Jenkins... Had a good game. Isaiah Bose was everywhere. They couldn't hardly block him. He was disrupting plays if he wasn't actually the one finishing it off. It's amazing to watch Bama that's so good up front on defense, and then they dissect everything so well in the back seven. This is a defense that is kind of rounding into form, more so than being a dominant group all year. The offenses, I think, kind of outshine what has been a bit of a weaker defense that had to replace so many key players, but now they are right in the thick of things being one of the better units in the country yet again uh you do that along with that offense they're going to be next to impossible to be uh now we'll kind of chart around the rest of the country you had ucf with a 52 to 40 win last thursday night against temple and a bit of an unconvincing game uh it was a game that did not help their national uh profile uh, as many people just continue to question whether or not they were actually an elite-level team, whether or not they could beat a Georgia, beat Alabama, beat a Clemson. Um, but at some point, we have to start giving them credit for winning all these games. Uh, it was still a 12-point win against a Temple team that's not bad. It's not a great Temple team, but but is 
still a Temple team that has played pretty good football throughout the year. You know, it's a, it's a Temple team that beat Maryland convincingly uh, at Maryland. And I don't know. It's just UCF is probably not an elite, elite national team. But they can beat a lot of teams in the country. I think the 10, 11, 12 spot is, is a pretty good spot for them this year. Don't think they're as good as they were last year with how much they lost in defense. But they're explosive enough on offense to do enough things right on defense. In a year where there's probably not the seven or eight really good teams in the country, that they're kind of they kind of got themselves there. We had Virginia on Friday night, one of the uh, surprise teams of the season, one of the first surprise teams to uh, be ranked in the initial the initial college football playoff rankings. At home against a Pittsburgh team that has struggled on defense, was not great on offense. Uh, and Pittsburgh beat them by 10 points, 23-13. Virginia never, ever got the ball going. ever got it going offensively. Pittsburgh dominated uh, time of possession. They're running back at over 200 yards and three touchdowns. Just a dominant performance uh, by Pittsburgh's offensive line. Virginia just could not get off the field. And that... In turn, it led to an offense that never really got going. Uh, and they are going to fall right back out of the college football playoff rankings after being one of the surprise teams to get in there. We had Clemson win 77-16 to over Louisville. Uh, that was 77 points. I believe Trevor Lawrence threw for 47 yards. Uh, this was <laughs> – it is amazing, for one, how bad Louisville is. I am pretty certain they're going to have a new head coach next year. Uh, just my opinion, they are awful. I don't think they win a game to finish out. I think Kentucky's going to beat them pretty bad. Uh, but Clemson is now looking like a team that can beat Alabama. Now you say, well, they beat Louisville. Yeah, but they beat Florida State and North Carolina State up pretty bad at three weeks beforehand. I mean, they are destroying teams in the ACC. And if you are a national title contender, that is the kind of thing that you should be doing uh, with how weak that conference is. I mean, they just ran for 13 and a half yards per carry against Louisville. 37 carries, 492 yards, and five touchdowns uh, on the ground. Lawrence had 59 yards, excuse me, and a couple of touchdowns. I mean, they Louisville didn't have a chance. And you mix that with how good de- Clemson is defensively, especially up front and with that great unit. And you got a guy like Kendall Joseph at linebacker flying all over the field. Uh... This was a dominant performance. You got another one that's kind of become accustomed to us seeing at Clemson. Clemson can play with anybody in the country. Now, whether or not they can beat Bama is is probably a different story, but they're one of the two or three teams that I think has a legitimate chance to uh, to upset the Crimson Tide and give them a true game. And Notre Dame go on the road and kind of sleepwalk their way to a 10-point win at Northwestern, who's been so good uh, in conference the last two years. Um... Book got off to a pretty slow start in this game and still had over 300 yards passing and two touchdowns. Uh, it was not a great game for Williams running the football. Northwestern's got a pretty good defense. Um, they got an offense that turns the ball over a little bit more than my than I like and a quarterback that's been very disappointing to me. But they run the football decently well for the most part and can stop the run some. They did that in this game, but Notre Dame was just too good. Uh, offensively, Book is too good of a quarterback. They're too good outside with the size that they have at wide receiver. Uh, Northwestern has never really got anything going. They scored two touchdowns late in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, and again, it was pretty much already over. Uh, you have Tavon Coney in that defense. 
for Notre Dame, one of the better units in the country to go along with a great quarter, what to me is a great quarterback and uh, a good offense around him. Notre Dame is, is a very good football team. They, they are well on their way, I think, to making the college football playoff. Probably the most dominant effort of the games that I watched uh, Saturday was Michigan's 42-7 win over Penn State. Rashawn Gary finally back on that defensive line for Michigan. And Penn State had no chance at blocking them. It was the most dominant defensive performance I saw all weekend, and that included Alabama's over LSU. Don't don't let you know the fact that Penn State did score seven fool you. Um, it took a while for Michigan's offense to get going, but this was like the seventh straight hundred yard rushing game for Higdon. Patterson was efficient, if unspectacular. But that defense, my lord, Trace McSorley had no chance to throw the football. They even put Tommy Stevens in. He threw the worst interception I've seen all year on a play scrambling to his left as a right-handed quarterback. He threw the ball literally directly to a defender with no wide receiver even in the true vicinity. Um, Michigan poured it on late. This was a close game midway through the third quarter. Uh... But, man, Michigan's defense just bottled up Penn State's offense that had been one of the better ones in the country heading into this one. And Michigan, I believe, is going to take that fourth spot after LSU's loss to Alabama. And to me, they look like a top four team in the country, which makes Notre Dame's win even more, uh, even even better, even better as a profile, especially when they beat him with Wimbush at quarterback and without Dexter Williams at running back. Uh, Michigan's defense is spectacular. And for my money, it's the best unit in the country. Above Alabama, above LSU's, etc. To me, it is to me, Michigan's defense is the best in the country, especially now that Rashawn Gary is healthy. Matching with Winnebitch on the other side and the speed they have in the secondary and Devin Bush at linebacker. It's just too much to me. Alabama will struggle to move the ball with consistency against them. 100 percent Uh Moving on, Oklahoma, 51-46 win at Texas Tech. Despite two early bad interceptions from uh, Kyler Murray, he still ended up with 460 total yards of offense, 360 through the air, 100 on the ground. Trey Sermon ended up with 200 yards and three touchdowns himself. Oklahoma is, to me, the best offense in the country. Uh Bama being the second one, I think Oklahoma's got the best overall unit in the country with the way Murray is playing. Uh, right now, his pro football focus is highest-graded quarterback in the country. He's leading the country in quarterback rating. Uh, dude is spectacular. Dude is incredibly fast. The Oakland Athletics have a hell of an athlete coming into their uh, system next year. Oklahoma fans are sure enjoying what they are seeing. Uh, Got some tough matchups going down the, the going down the finish uh, for Oklahoma, but they're a team that can sneak in, and if they can get to the playoffs, with that offense have a, has a chance. But uh, to me, the seven or eight, if if you maybe put Washington State in that in that group, I really don't. I, I think we have seven elite teams. They have by far and away the worst defense, and that's the negative when it comes to Oklahoma is their defense. It's horrible. It's the same thing that it was last year. Uh, maybe a little bit better than it was last year, but not much better. Um, so, yeah, you have an incredible offense with a bad defense. By far would be the worst defense of what I would call the Elite Seven. 
but they have a quarterback that can beat you. And so if Oklahoma gets on the field, they have a chance. Yeah, they forced you a turnover too with the way Murray and Sermon and CD and Hollywood move the ball. They can beat you. Washington State with a last-second win over California, 19-13. I do not think Washington State is an elite team. But what they are is 8-1. And, and what they are is probably going to be the seventh-ranked team in the country. Uh, excuse me, I meant the elite six when I was talking about Oklahoma, not the elite seven. Uh, probably going to be the number seven team in the country when the next you know rankings come out. Uh, I mean, she had another pretty... Good game. They throw the ball over the yard pretty consistently. Uh, just threw one touchdown, though. But it was one with, you know, about a minute left in the game. Win is a win. It was not the impressive resume maker that you need. But anytime you get a conference win, you tend to just take it and move along with life. Ohio State 36-31 in a comeback victory over Nebraska. Adrian Martinez is the truth. He is a hell of a quarterback. Scott Frost has his franchise... Uh, slash program builder. Um, I believe it was in this game, Dwayne Haskins already broke the uh, single-season completion record in Ohio State with at least four games left to play in the season. J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber finally got going for the Buckeyes, kind of got back into the uh, the rhythm of running the football, something they've struggled to do all year. But the same problems persisted uh, for the defense. Gave up big plays, struggled on third down. Uh, you know, allowed Nebraska to get up at halftime. Uh, Ohio State took over the second half to an extent, but this was a game that was a 2-6 and six Nebraska team that Ohio State at home should have ran away with and did not do it. So you, had, you take that for a grain of salt. I think Ohio State is good. I don't think they're as good as what I thought they were a couple of weeks ago. I think their deficiencies are just too much to mask and too much to cover up. And good team but not the great one that I thought they were. Not the type of team that could beat Alabama. We had Missouri come in and throttle Florida 38-17. Florida just looked unprepared in this one to me. It looks like they they came in off of a, a bit of a backbreaker loss uh, to Georgia. Kind of came into this one defeated. I was pretty shocked with the level of the Drew Locke move of the football against what I think is a pretty good Florida defense. Again, it's still banged up in the secondary. But Locke finally looked like a first-round type of quarterback against him. They ran the ball extremely well. It was it was a dominant performance. Not really much to say from Florida's perspective. From Missouri, it's their first SEC win. I think now they're looking to get into a bowl game. Now they got they got five wins. I think they can win one more of their last three. Uh, Felipe Franks was horrible. Trash was not much better coming in for them. Didn't run the ball extremely well. They didn't do anything well offensively. And Missouri ran it pretty consistently all over them. Both their top backs went over five yards per carry. Locke was locked in. Uh, just a dominant performance. Uh, one that if you're a Gator fan has to really disappoint you. Now you're four and three. And instead of looking at a 10-win season, you could be looking at a seven or eight one. Uh, it's, just, it's just tough. Just a tough loss for Dan Mullen and company. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure they're hoping to bounce back. Then we had the game of the weekend. West Virginia goes on the road. I called it one of the disagreements between me and Kay. With their whole season staring them uh, in the face, Will Greer throws a touchdown pass to Gary Jennings with 16 seconds left to put West Virginia down 41-40. to 
And instead of kicking the extra point and going to overtime, they run two quarterback draws for the two-point conversion on a three-timeout span, one for them, back-to-back -back for Texas. Will Greer makes it to the end zone both times, the second one counting a 42-41 to phenomenal win. Uh, cannot say enough about the performance from Sam Ellinger, who everybody that's listening to me knows I love. Him and Greer, this was awesome, awesome football, almost – well, exactly 700 yards passing and six touchdowns between them. Uh, Ellinger was the second main force on the ground like he usually is, including having a rushing touchdown. West Virginia's uh, Martel Petaway had a buck 20 and two touchdowns. McCoy had a very good game on the ground himself. Seals had a 60-yard touchdown and another one for West Virginia. Lil Jordan Humphrey had two phenomenal catches on plays where Ellinger had to roll into his right with – Defenders all over him just throws the ball up. Little Jordan goes up and catches the football. One of them went for a touchdown. The other one was like a big third down conversion. Just a uh, an awesome game. And you you feel bad for Texas. It was now at six and three. They've lost uh, two games in a row. Uh, they were a top five team in the country. Now they're going to be. I think they'll still be ranked. Uh, but my big thing for pulling. I thought West Virginia was going to win this game for was that they had to have it. You know, you're still playing for the national title. You still got a big matchup with Oklahoma coming up, possibly two. This is a game you had to have. And I love going for the two-point conversion because it shows, for one, the trust in your quarterback, which is what Holgerson said. You know, basically it was, you know, anytime I can put the, the ball in number seven's hands, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, and Greer delivered. He delivered time and time again. West Virginia is very good offensively. The defense is still so-so, but it is an improved unit off what it was last year and what it has been the past couple of years. Uh, they do a decent job of getting to the quarterback better than they have. Can force some turnovers, but it's all about Greer and it's all about this offense. And whenever they play Oklahoma, it is going to be one hell of a shootout. This, for me, was one of the... It's definitely a big choice for game of the year. We'll see when the time comes if I remember that. Remember this one, but a phenomenal game. Lots of offense, lots of big plays. Uh, Greer, a bit with a busted up ankle, had Texas kind of, you know, shut him down for a lot of the second half, including not scoring in the third quarter, which has kind of been a bugaboo for West Virginia throughout the year, is their struggles in the second half. Of, uh, uh, when he had to get the job done, he got it done. Awesome game from both sides. Uh, just was really glad to be able to watch it. You feel bad that one team had to lose it, but in college football, that's the way it is. There are, there are no ties. There are no true moral victories. West Virginia keeps themselves alive in the college football playoff uh, in the game that they had to have. We had Utah go on the road to Arizona State. The game I didn't really talk about because I didn't think that Arizona State really had much of a chance. You saw Utah has kind of rounded into form the last, the last month or so. Uh, I thought they would go in and really take care of business against Arizona State. That did not happen. And even beyond that, you had uh, Huntley go down. He's out for the year. This looks like a Utah team that could be very, very, very good heading into next year. A potential top 10 type of team. Uh, but at least it's positive to talk about Arizona State. You had Manny Wilkins, another great game. Nikhil Harris probably going to be the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Nine catches, 161 yards, three touchdowns. Eno Benjamin ran for over 170 yards and two touchdowns himself. Just 
a dominant performance all around for Arizona State's offense. Utah really was not able to get much going in this one. Uh, it's very disappointing for them. Losing Huntley did not help anything, but he was struggling this game as it was, and Shelley was horrible when he came in. Three turnovers to uh, Arizona State's one was just was just too much. It was just too much for uh, Utah to overcome. Arizona State with yet another upset victory on the year. They kind of our members just kind of got them feeling themselves in these in these tight games, especially at home. But uh, we'll move on to Iowa going on the road losing to Purdue again that both me and and Cade called. Unfortunately, Rondell Moore did not do that much in this game, but it was another. Uh, Phenomenal performance from David Blau, Blau who is uh, becoming one of the better quarterbacks in that conference. Four touchdowns, did throw two picks, but looked very good throughout. Uh, Purdue uses uh, Markel Jones, DJ Knox as their big-time running backs. Neither one of them really did that well. Instead, you had a huge game from Terry Wright. Isaac Zico had a good game, and Bryson Hopkins had a 57-yard catch of his own. Uh, it was a quiet game for Rondell Moore, just six touches for 31 yards. And the Boilermakers still put up 38 points. Um, Stanley was solid in this one, but they can't really run the football. And the only guy fan three catches, who did have 85 yards in it. Just not a great offensive performance. Um, throughout the game for Iowa, was a bit inconsistent. Scored a couple times late, but Purdue was able to hang on. Uh, just inconsistent Iowa offense was kind of been a problem for them throughout the year. Purdue has consistently been a good offense, even better on the road than they've been at home coming into this one. But uh, good performance for Blau. Big upset. Iowa now looking at a 6-3 record. Probably, I think they end up outside the top 25 uh, this week. And Mississippi State taking care of business against Louisiana Tech in a 45-3 win at home. He had Syracuse in a pretty high-scoring game that I thought we would see when 41-24 at Wake Forest. Uh, Hartman put together a pretty good performance. Dungy had a huge game on the ground uh, for Syracuse. The quarterback has kind of gotten away from that so far this year. Uh, kind of struggled through the air, at least with his uh, efficiency on the yards per pass game, but uh, didn't turn the football over and he ran 24 times over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Wake Forest has just really struggled on defense, um, and that continued. And uh, they, you know, I think with Hartman at helm at the helm for the foreseeable future, I think Wake Forest has a chance to make a splash at some point uh, the next couple of years. But they're now four and five, one and four in the conference. Uh, maybe we're a bit overestimated by me, but I like some of the pieces that they have on offense. But again, big win for Syracuse. Uh, they will continue to be ranked probably somewhere in the 16 to 17 range uh, whenever the playoff community's game comes in. Auburn with a very late 28 to 24 quote unquote upset over a ranked Texas A&M team. This is a game where Auburn really struggled throughout the game. They absolutely did not run the football at all. Uh, A&M Crushed them in plays run, uh, crushed them in time of possession, uh, and yet at the end of the day, Auburn was able to get the job done. Stidham was efficient, uh, led two late scoring drives. Auburn was down 24 to 14 with five minutes to 14 seconds left in the game. 
when uh, Chandler Cox got a touchdown run and then Stidham put uh, Auburn up for good with an 11-yard touchdown pass with a minute 41 left. Auburn's defense is still really good, particularly up front, but they've been so inconsistent on offense. Stidham is, has not been great in his own right, but has not had a whole lot of help from the running game. He has wide receivers that drop passes, particularly in this Texas A&M game. It's been a just it's just not a good group. The offensive line has struggled. The entire offense has just not looked good. So they, they come in, they get a big win uh, for them. And as a Georgia fan, I love that they got it. They pretty much helped clinch a uh, seven o'clock kickoff this weekend, uh, which is always fun for the tailgate. But uh, Auburn twenty eight twenty four win, and uh, they'll probably be ranked now. A and M will probably be back out. North Carolina State bounced back strong with a forty seven to twenty eight win. Um, over Florida State. Uh, James Blackman uh, had a huge game for Florida State, though. Uh, 420 yards and four touchdowns. Just shows, again, the deficiencies that North Carolina State does have uh, on defense. They, they, they are, they're, it's a very bad defense. It was a defense that, with a lot of veteran leadership last year, uh, was still not very good. This year is pretty terrible, but they do have a... Uh, a potential first-round pick at quarterback in Ryan Finley, who looked phenomenal again uh, with a strong running game. North Carolina State's offense is good. Um, it's pretty good anyway. Uh, you know, they got blanked by uh, Clemson. But other than that, they've looked very good offensively. They, they've looked very efficient. But uh, did not against Clemson. They're definitely not one of the elite, elite teams in the country. Uh, but another good win for them. Boston College went on the road to Blacksburg. You got to win at Blacksburg, uh, 31 to 21. Uh, another AJ Dillon strong game. Another disappointing game for Virginia Tech home fans. They've now lost uh, two straight at home. This is not a very good Virginia Tech team. They they've consistently not been able to run the football the last two years. Uh, Ryan Willis has filled in tremendously, I think, for Josh Jackson, but still not a high level offense. Uh, they are an average middle of the pack ACC team. Boston College now gets to uh, host Clemson in a game where I know they're going to be hoping for the upset, but I don't think they're going to have much chance. But they'll at least be a top twenty team, I think, heading into that game. Uh, and they get to host them Tigers. Yeah, Fresno State with a forty-eight to three win over UNLV, a huge one, and Iowa State took advantage. Of a Kansas Jayhawk team, twenty-seven to three. David Bleedy actually got fired for Kansas, which I thought was not really the best move. I know that he, you know he hasn't won much the last two years heading into this one, but had matched his win total the last two years so far. This one in this season, uh, and they fired him, but he's going to continue to coach them for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the year. I don't really know where you go with that program. It's it's the worst Power Five job in the country. And the second, to me, worst power five job is probably Kansas State. Uh, if you take away Bill Schneider's and his effect there, I mean, Kansas is, is very little high school football talent. Nobody really wants to go there. I mean, they're, they're a great basketball program, but football-wise, they are awful and have been pretty much, other than a stretch about a decade ago when they were decent for two or three years, they have consistently been pretty terrible. Um, so, yeah. Bit surprising that they uh, that they fired him. I don't really like the move, but he was kind of seen as a lame duck coach at the end of the year, and we'll see where they go with that. 
That'll wrap up the top 25 action of the week. As far as where I think teams will be ranked, I think your top six is going to be Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame is a pretty for sure top three. I feel very confident that Michigan is going to be the number four team with Georgia and Alabama, and excuse me, Oklahoma as the uh, five and six team, first two teams out. I think that's your elite six. I think Washington State, if they win out, they're going to at least be in the conversation. But I do not think that they are an elite program. I don't think that's an elite team. I don't think they match up well with any of them top six. I don't think they beat any of the top six, you know, with any consistency. So uh, that's the top six I got. Recording this on a Tuesday, we'll know tonight as to who we think it's going to be. But I'm pretty sure Michigan is going to be the number four. The big question right now is who's going to be the number four team between Michigan and Georgia. I think Michigan moves up. They had a big dominant performance over a top 15 team uh, where they look like potentially the best team in the country. So very comfortable going with that. Georgia still has a lot to improve on. Michigan does too. They still have holes offensively. Uh, you see Clemson and, and Alabama are kind of separating themselves a bit, but Notre Dame lagging a little bit behind. Falling closer to the Michigan-Georgia-Oklahoma side than they are the, uh, the Alabama uh, Clemson side. But, uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. Be back with a preview episode later in the week. So uh, thanks for listening. Go Dawgs.